This is Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucaran, giving you eternal answers to challenging questions and providing reasons for faith in Christ. What do you know about Judaism? You're going to know a lot more after this session with Pat Zucaran as we begin this series on Judaism and answering questions about the Jewish faith. What are the three main sects of Judaism? What are the differences between Judaism and Christianity? Many Christians and people of all faiths, Pat, find this to be a fascinating topic. Right, Kevin. And, you know, Paul writes in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. And if we understand the New Testament, it comes out of the nation of Israel, out of the Old Testament religion of Judaism. So it's important that we understand some of the basics of Judaism, especially in light of all that is going on in Israel today. Often when we think of Judaism, we think of the very ancient religion and the religion of the Hebrew scriptures of the Old Testament. But uh, today, uh, Judaism is a little different than it was in the Old Testament, right? Right. One thing we have to understand in studying Judaism is that it present-day Judaism is very different from Old Testament Judaism. Often when we use the term Judaism, we mistakenly identify the faith of modern Jews together with Old Testament Judaism, but the two are very different. And also in studying Judaism, we must understand there's a distinction between the Jewish people and the religion of Judaism. Many Jewish people do not embrace Judaism Hmm. and consider themselves to be secular Jews or atheists or agnostic. So those are some distinctions that we have to make. So when we're talking about Judaism, we're referring to the religion of the rabbis that is established uh, begins about 200 B.C. and is crystallized in about 70 A.D. Now, some distinctions occurred at this time that differentiate present-day Judaism from Old Testament Judaism. One of the things that happened is the rise of what's called Rabbinic Judaism. New institutions began to arise at about this time, like the synagogue, the house of worship, where Jewish people who were not in Jerusalem would be able to go, be equivalent to, say, our churches, to go and worship and learn about the laws of God. Then there developed the rabbinic uh, academies, the religious academies for the training of these rabbis. And the office of rabbi, uh, the leader holding religious authority, really began to develop. Now, one of the greatest changes came with the destruction of the temple in 70 A.D., When the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed, uh, the Romans came in, Titus came and just leveled the temple of Jerusalem and destroyed it. Uh, Many major changes in the religion took place. First of all, the Sadducees, you know, the party of priests came to an end. There was no longer a need for sacrifices. Well, you couldn't do sacrifices anymore. The Jerusalem temple was destroyed. So the sacrifices and the priesthood, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, all came to an end. Then the other groups, the Essenes, who uh, they were a monastic group living out in the desert, who wrote down and copied the famous Dead Sea Scrolls. They seem to have disappeared. They didn't have a, a very popular following, so they disappeared shortly after. And the Herodians another group of Jewish people. 
uh, also seemed to disappear. They didn't have that strong of a following. And so the only party that was left was the rabbis or the Pharisees. They were the only party left. And they became the authorities on spiritual and legal matters. And rabbinic Judaism uh, developed and it focused on observing the law, not necessarily on personal salvation. No longer uh, was Jewish religious life centered around the temple. But rabbinic Judaism began to teach observance of the law uh, throughout the nation uh, of Israel. Now, another significant event occurred in 136 AD. Once again, the Jews and the Romans engaged in a war, and this time, Emperor Hadrian rebuilt the city of Jerusalem. After he destroyed it, he rebuilt it as a pagan city dedicated to the god Jupiter. And it is at this time the Jews lost their homeland and lived in exile for 1,800 years. And Judaism thus developed, not in Israel, but uh, continued to reform and develop in foreign countries, uh, in, in the Middle East, in Babylon, and in Europe. Fascinating, that history there. Today, Pat, there are three main sects in Judaism, S-E-C-T-S, sects in Judaism. What are they and how do they differ from one another? Right. You know, since the 18th century, there are three main branches in Judaism, Orthodox Judaism, Reform Judaism, and Conservative Judaism. And there's quite a big difference between these three. Now, Orthodox Judaism upholds the divine inspiration of the Old Testament giving greater authority to the first five books because it is authored by Moses, the greatest of the prophets. And it also recognizes another book, the Talmud, a commentary on the Old Testament law. This is a massive, massive work. It's a commentary on the law. For example, one of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not work on the Sabbath. Well, the Talmud goes on about five pages describing exactly what it is, you know, what is work? You know, if you boil an egg, if you walk half a mile, if you walk a mile, what exactly constitutes work? So the Talmud is a commentary on the Old Testament law, and for Orthodox Jews, it is authoritative for interpreting the Jewish law. And this branch continues to observe the traditional Jewish laws that have been practiced for centuries, the dietary laws and so forth. Then there is what some would describe as an ultra-Orthodox sect. Uh, within this branch, it's called the Hasidic movement or Hasidic Jews. Uh, you uh, see them on TV a lot, you know, wearing uh, dark coats and hats with long curly hair and beards. Um, this is this sect that adheres strictly to the law of Moses and is almost a separatist group. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of Orthodox Judaism. Then on the other end of the spectrum, you have Reform Judaism. Reform Judaism would be considered maybe the liberal wing of Judaism. It actually began in Germany in the 18th century, founded by a man named Abraham Geiger, who lived about 1810 to 1874. Geiger, uh, studying in Europe, was influenced by the Enlightenment and viewed reason and science as authoritative, and he rejected the idea of divine revelation, the messianic hope, and uh, the promised land for the nation of Israel. And he began 
to what many believe modernize Jewish beliefs. So this branch sought to modernize what is considered uh, outmoded ways of thinking. And the primary focus of this branch is ethical teaching of the Jewish law. And therefore, uh, as a people, as a Jewish people creating a better society, you know, the betterment of society by living out uh, the Jewish law. And then right in between these two, between Orthodox Judaism and Reform Judaism is conservative Judaism. It's considered kind of the intermediate position between these two. And it was developed in the 19th century in Germany, founded by a man named Zacharias Frankel. And the conservatives seek to practice the law and the traditions, but they continually and, and cautiously reinterpret the law and adapt their practices to the contemporary culture. And so this is kind of a, a middle uh, movement here. A lot of the synagogues here in the United States would be conservative um, synagogues. And the conservative synagogues uh, is a place where actually Orthodox Jews and Reformed Jews can also worship as well. Uh, it seems to do well bringing the three groups together here in the United States. But those are the three major branches of Judaism today and under these branches are many other uh, schools that have developed but those are the major three right now I wonder if we can speculate um, I wonder if most American Jews who still attend synagogue would probably go to a conservative uh, would be under the the heading of a conservative Judaism somewhere in there right in in the United States uh, the vast majority of the synagogues are conservative synagogues. Hasidic Jews are, uh, they're rare. They're, they're a much smaller group, I would think. Right. Yeah. And, you know, they also began uh, in Europe. Uh, they began also in the 19th century. And most of them proliferate there in the land of Israel. Mm. Okay. Mm. Hollywood is fascinated with the Hasidic Jews they're almost like the Amish of New York <laughs> because they're separatist. You know, they, they really are isolated and uh, extremely uh, strict uh, in their practices and so forth. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the differences between Judaism and Christianity. Uh, many believe we worship the same God. Uh, now, I know that's a question between Jews and Muslims or Christians and Muslims. But what about Christians and Jews? We have uh, that to answer. The Jewish holidays and festivals also play an important role in Judaism, and they're mentioned in the New Testament as well. So we're going to uh, look at those here in just a moment. And uh, what are some of these holidays, and what are their Im 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 what's their importance today? This is a good study. We have some great guests who are going to be coming up in this series on Judaism who are experts in this area, and we plan on bringing them right here. More with Pat Zucharan on the way. And now, back to Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucharan. We're discussing Judaism with Pat Zucharan. Pat, uh, we've talked a little bit about what Judaism is today. It, it, it differs in many ways from the Judaism of the Old Testament or the Hebrew Scriptures. We've uh, talked about three main sects of Judaism. Well, what are the differences between Judaism and Christianity? Well, Kevin, you know, Christianity and Judaism share some things in common, both share common belief in the Old Testament. In fact, the Old Testament of 
the people of Israel is the same Old Testament that we have uh, in our Bible. The Jews just put it in a different order. That's it. But we've got the same books, and the Jewish Bible does not include the Apocrypha. So on that, we have that in common. Also, we all agree on the ethical teachings of the law. We would agree on most of the Ten Commandments. And we also share a hope in the coming of the kingdom of God. Now, you say we would uh, share in most of the Ten Commandments. That might uh, take some people aback. Yes, as um, Romans chapter 5, 6, and 7 says that the law has been fulfilled in Christ, and so we are no longer under the old law. We're under the new law Mm -hmm. established by Jesus Christ. And he repeats a lot of the laws of the Old Testament, all the of the Ten Commandments are repeated by Christ in the New Covenant, except for one, the Sabbath. You know, we're no longer under that law. That's why, as Christians, we no longer worship on Saturday. We, we worship, worship on Sunday. Yeah, when when yeah. Jesus rose. Right. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the New Testament affirms nine, at least, of the Ten Commandments. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we can spiritually interpret uh, the Sabbath day and, and so forth as uh, our, our day of worship. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's yeah, continue. Good point. You know, but we do have some fundamental differences. And once again, when I'm speaking of Judaism, I'm, I'm talking about rabbinic Judaism, modern Judaism today, which is different from Old Testament Judaism. Um, rabbinic Judaism is established, started about 200 BC and crystallized in 70 AD. So that's, that's what I'm talking about. And also remember, there are three different branches of Judaism, Orthodox, Reform, and Conservative. Now, here's some of the difference between Christianity and Judaism. First, in its understanding of God, Judaism teaches a unified monotheism based on Deuteronomy 6, 4, Hero Israel, the Lord, our, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And Judaism rejects the Christian doctrine of monotheistic, of, a, uh, of the Trinity. Uh, Trinitarian monotheism is what Christianity teaches, and this is what Judaism rejects. They reject the whole idea of a triune God. So although monotheism serves as the foundation for Judaism, uh, many Jews have become skeptics or atheists, you know, because of events like the Holocaust. But when it comes to the doctrine of God, this is where we would differ um, with Judaism. Christianity holds to a Trinitarian monotheism, while Judaism holds to a unified monotheism. Then we have a different view on the scriptures, of course. The main scripture in Judaism is the Old Testament. And views of divine inspiration vary between branches of Judaism. For example, Orthodox and Conservative Judaism would view the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament, as the most inspired, and the prophets and the writings less so. Another important book is the Talmud, the commentary on the Old Testament law. Uh, Orthodox Jews view that not as inspired, but as authoritative. and useful for teaching uh, and instruction of life, but not divinely inspired. Uh, as Christians, we hold that the Old Testament is inspired and also the New Testament, that God inspired the apostles and the prophets to write uh, the scriptures of the New Testament. Then we have a difference in anthropology, our understanding of man. Judaism teaches that man is created in the image of God, but without original sin. And study of the Torah can overcome our inclination to evil. As Christians, we teach that men and women are born with a sin nature, and it requires the sacrifice of a perfect uh, sacrifice being offered on our behalf, the gift of grace of God's 
perfect son, Jesus Christ. Then we differ in soteriology or understanding of salvation. In Judaism, a proper relationship with God comes through repentance, prayer, and obedience to the law. Jewish people or those who practice Judaism do not feel they need, you know, quote, salvation as we Christians understand it, but assume a standing with God uh, through their heritage as the chosen people of God. Now, conservative and reformed Jews would view salvation not as something that happens after this life, but what we do today, the are we working for the betterment of self and society through obedience and living up uh, to God's law that he has given us? And then we have a difference in our understanding of eternity, what happens after death. Orthodox Jews hold to uh, etern- eternality of a soul and a bodily resurrection. Uh, the conservative school also teaches the immortality of the soul. The reform school of Judaism, the more liberal wing, generally doesn't have any teaching regarding uh, life after death. As Christians, we teach that, um, as Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, that at death, the soul and spirit go to be in the presence of the Lord, and one day we await the resurrection of the body. And then the whole idea of the messianic hope, you know, it's central to uh, the Jewish Faith is the hope of the coming Messiah, and Orthodox Jews anticipate and still await a personal Messiah. Reform and conservative Jews view the Messianic concept as the ideal of establishing justice by human effort in obedience to the laws of God. Um, So that's a key dividing point between Judaism and Christianity. Uh, It's the Messianic hope. As Christians, of course, we view Jesus Christ that's fulfilling all the prophecies, the messianic prophecies. He's indeed the divine son of God who fulfills all of the Old Testament law. Uh, Judaism recognizes Jesus as a moral teacher, but rejects his claim uh, to deity. And many uh, assume that the uh, claims to being the divine son of God were created by the early church, but many would consider Jesus a a good moral teacher or some, you know, would just consider him a heretic Mm. and things, uh, maybe a false Messiah. But we can see that from our brief study here on the very fundamentals, you know, we do not worship the same God. We have a different soteriology. We have a different understanding of the nature of man and what happens after death. And of course, you know, the big part of it hinges on who is Jesus Christ. So in that sense, uh, we're not the same. We're very different on some of the very basics of what we believe. Well, Pat, we plan on having some good uh, guests in this series on Judaism and some people who are experts uh, in this area. I wonder, as we wrap up today, if we could uh, mention quickly the Jewish holidays and uh, some festivals and and uh, the important role that they play in Judaism. Yeah, you know, in Judaism, the holidays and festivals are very, very important to the identity of them as a people and as a nation. And of course, the one we uh, hear about most is the Passover. You know, it's first observed in Exodus 12. It occurs in March or April, and it celebrates the deliverance of God's people out of the land of Egypt. Then seven weeks after that, we have the festival of Pentecost. It celebrates the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. And of course, in the New Testament, you know, Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit 
comes upon the Christians for the first time. Passover, of course, is when Christ was crucified. Then there is the Festival of Tabernacles, and this occurs in the autumn, and it commemorates the 40 years of wandering in the desert. And this is when family build, uh, families will build temporary shelters, maybe outside, and eat their meals together there, remembering the 40 years of wandering in the desert. Then we have Rosh Hashanah. It's the celebration of the Jewish New Year. So this is a joyful festival. It occurs in September or October. The Jewish calendar is a little different and marks the beginning of a 10-day period known as the High Holy Days. And this is a uh, celebration when the Jews not only celebrate the New Year, but also uh, it's a solemn day when Jews fast and attend synagogues and reflect and recite prayers asking uh, God for forgiveness of their sins. And then we have Hanukkah. Many uh, would say this is the Jewish Christmas, which Jewish, Jew, uh, Jewish people would find offensive. But this is celebrated in November or December and lasts about eight days, and it honors the victory of the Maccabees over the Syrian armies of Antiochus Epiphanes in 165 B.C. when Antiochus Epiphanes desecrated the Jewish temple and set up an altar to Zeus and sacrificed the pig there. The Maccabees came and uh, repelled the uh, Romans and cleansed the temple once again. And it is during this time that uh, tradition has it that uh, there was only enough oil for one day. But miraculously, uh, the candle burned for eight days. And so... They celebrate that with the lighting of the eight-branched menorah, now which is now the symbol of Israel. Uh, it's the main feature of this celebration. Um, and finally, we have the Feast of Purim. It's a minor holiday celebrated in February and March, but commemorates God's deliverance of the Jews in the story of Esther. And it's on this day the book of Esther is read. And so um, we know that uh, on some of these uh, significant holidays, uh, some significant things happen in the life of the New Testament church as well. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you find this broadcast to be of a great value to you, please consider partnering with us. Evidence and Answers relies on generous support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, you may do so right there online on the homepage of our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. You'll find we have a wide variety of resources available to you, including articles, additional audio, and Pat's books. Be sure to share it with your family, your friends, and of course, your church. Evidence and Answers is grateful for our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions. To learn more, visit them online at hcmlp.com. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ, right here on Evidence and Answers. Evidence.